So I've been drinking a ton of Coca-Cola, like stupid amounts lately. And like just straight uh, Coca-Cola. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't not like, adding anything. Well, to not it. like diet or like no, 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 Coke regular, zero. regular Coke, regular okay, Coke. So. And man, the high fructose corn syrup has got me really self-conscious. You know, like I don't want to be like you're getting drinking. fat. No, like, I am getting like slower. It's starting to start. <laughs> I'm getting slower, but I think that's just my age, right? And I realize, okay, if I'm getting slower, I'm How aging a little bit. Thirty-three. Shouldn't it's not that bad, slower. right? But. As a soccer player, I notice it maybe more yeah, than you, somebody who's not. You, you notice, you notice the speed. Oh yeah, like, I remember. I I went from I think I was like thirty two when I joined a, an over thirty hockey league. Yeah, I was like, bro, these people are at my speed now. I was <laughs> like, I went from being one of the slower play, players to one of the faster players as soon as I joined. I was like, okay, yeah. but everybody was way more skilled. But it was a slower game, so it just gave you that like half a second extra Gives time you an edge. stuff. It was great. That's I how I am in, in soccer. We're, we transitioned to an over thirty league. My wife and I, dude, you got it. And and we, I do. I feel like I'm the fastest. There's player a lot out there. fewer idiots. Yeah, in over thirty leagues too. There's. It's amazing how reckless some of them can be. Like some of them have a bit of an ego, and they'll come in real hot and See, just that's hit what, you. That's what doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Is like people playing at an elderly age for sports relatively elderly right over 30 for sports like you're you're you're, you're, like, you're slowing down you don't want to hurt yourself pride. right yeah you're, and well, so you have like, a job most people are like i gotta go work i gotta tomorrow. go to work yeah i got stuff to do i can't be doing this even if it's from a desk i can't have a knee immobilizer on while i'm sitting there all day that's not like so when i'm rolling with these kids at uh, mma or you know jujitsu and they like just you know put their knee right in your solar plexus and they're just like cranking on it like dude i got i gotta work in the morning Can you please well stop? also that is you go and you do mma so yeah i don't know how bad I feel for you. <laughs> so, so i'm looking for an alternative right mma is great to soccer to coke oh oh <laughs> i gotta bring this back in yeah we, i got you we, this got all stemmed from coca-cola i gotta get it out of my system because this was i was drinking like three cokes a day and i know there's people that may drink more than that some that drink less I but mean, that was way too that's much a good me. solid hundred well there's what like around 40 grams of sugar in a, yeah, in like a coke so, yeah, so you're talking like over, well over 100 grams of sugar just out of coke and that doesn't count all the other things that you and if you're not burning it i mean you're just storing it right? three three years ago for a New Year's resolution, I decided not to drink soda anymore. Like the only carbonated drinks I might do like a ginger beer every yeah. once in a while, like with a with a mixed drink. But like I don't, or I drink a, I'll drink energy drinks here and there. Well, also when you're, you know, even if you do a Jack and a and Coke, you're you're having far less Coke than you do. You don't have a whole can of Coke and pour like five shots of Jack in there, you know. So it, it makes it a different drink. Whereas when you're drinking it straight, it's just. Well, You're gonna finish I was paint. doing the same thing though. I was drinking three, four sodas a day at least. And then I just stopped cold turkey. And it was really weird for like two weeks. I was like, what am I going to drink? Water? Like, yeah. Uh, but then like now, uh, if we go to, you know, Costco or whatever, and you get the, the glizzy in the drink for a dollar fifty, right? Um, you know, my even like lemonade or you know, my wife will get Sprite or something like that. If I accidentally drink out of her Sprite instead of the lemonade, like it's like, oh my god, where is all this sugar? Like yeah. I don't know how to do it. I had a I had a gluten free Oreo last night, and sounds horrible. Uh, it's they're actually pretty good. No, they're they're not. they're not they're not much different. No, they're not. You should try it. They're horrible. I have one here. We'll, we'll try it afterwards. Though. They're vegan. 
Oreos, you know Oreos, regular are Oreos yes, are vegan. Oreos are just horrible. And how do they make the the, the cream? No, no dairy, no egg, no nothing in there. It's hmm. vegan. It's, it's yeah. wrong. It's wrong. Um, well, I had I had the Oreo though, and like my mouth just like lit on fire from all the sugar, and I was like, what mm. what is happening? It was weird. So, mm. what did you move to from the Coke when you when you cold turkey? Just you water. Went to co- just water. Just water. Yeah. Well, you know what you could. You know what if you. Because the, there's bubbly makes like a couple different. They make a bubbler, mm-hmm. you know, bubbly the like Brand. basically Lacroix kind of. A, they make a bubbler, which is I think 60 milligrams of caffeine, so close to a cup of coffee. Then they make another one. I can't, I can't remember exactly what, it, but it only has like 20 or 30 milligrams of caffeine, which is less than a Coke. But there's no sugar, <clears throat> so try something like that. Like if if you like the little bit of caffeine that Coke provides you. Minus the sugar, that's a good option. Good option. Yeah. yeah. I went to tea, and that's what I'm mm. sharing this morning with you oh, guys. Oh, it was a transition. Oh. Son of a bitch. You good one. Good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Well I I brought masala chai well to share with the guys here today, um, and I found I I drank a lot of leaf loose leaf tea when I was little. My parents were big on like experiencing experiencing different cultures, so we would do you know we had, we had like a, a small table that we would sit on pillows and make our own sushi. We'd make our own green tea from the leaves, and so for Christmas this year, I got a new teapot and a bunch of tea leaves that I can now uh, make whatever I want. So that's what we got today is masala chai. I figured if I want to change my health and not be consuming so many of the processed sugars, yep. This is the opposite. I mean, we've got... Sure. Um, this and it's really... It's a lot cheaper to make. Oh, yeah. You know? Super, super cheap. Ten cents a cup. It may take longer. Yeah. You know, like it's not for the impatient person. Um, I think it generally takes me like 20 minutes to get it start to finish. Where, where do you get your tea ingredients from? Just Amazon. From Amazon? Yeah. yeah we'll post do you there. try the, the Turkish markets? Uh, no, the I haven't Eastern been. Markets? No. That, we've got a lot of that around here. We do. Uh, yeah. Especially out in, out in Dearborn. But uh, when, when we were living in uh, Detroit, we would venture out to Dearborn because that was one of the closest places in Detroit. At the time we lived there, they didn't have... Um, any big supermarkets. It was only like really small local like quickie shops yep. uh, downtown where we lived. So we'd have to drive out to like Allen Park or uh, Dearborn or something like that. He makes like it that. sound like he lived there in 1963. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time, four years ago. It was eight, eight, seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, but I mean, even just then, it wasn't that long ago. And no. there were still not major chain stores aside from Whole Foods, which is crazy expensive. Um, but we would go to the, the Middle Eastern markets and the Turkish markets in Dearborn, and they would have some of the most amazing like, coffee. And it's super cheap, mm. but I mean, the coffee's incredible. Yeah, yeah I mean, we started with, um, I bought like a sample box, came in these little tins. Um, I think there was like 12 of them in there. And I, I went, <laughs> I'm such a nerd and like big on stats and information. I went through after I had a cup and I would rate the tea so I could go back <laughs> later because there's so many in there. Hey, I mean, that's like, okay, this is like a seven yeah. out of 10, you know, and then I can flip them over and say, you know what? I might buy some of that later. Yeah. You know what we need to do? We need to do a, instead, you know, they do wine testing yeah. like, mm, where dude. you have to try the wine and you guess where it's from. They have like tea sommeliers. Get to do tea, what? A sommelier. tea sommelier. Yes. That's yes. exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. So I love it. Awesome. It's good. It's got great health benefits. It's reduces hypertension. 
um, lowers your risk of type 2 diabetes, um, anti-inflammatory. We know you're at risk for that when you're eating, drinking three Cokes a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you can add honey to it, which is great for yeah. gut cleaning. and, and yeah. so I, I, Anti-anxiety, I, anti-depression as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much every possible thing you're experiencing, just drink some tea. Just drink some and, tea, put some And it's going to at least lower your chances or take the edge off Mm -hmm. yeah well good for you for taking different different types of tea could benefit you different ways ginger is good for the gut as well yep so might be better for the throat sometimes i just take we cut up ginger and squeeze a lemon in there and then pour the hot water over top of it yeah and that stuff is a powerful powerful drink yeah that's uh it'll get your nose it'll get your throat get you it's everything working I, sure. I have to confess, I, I do still drink Cokes, but I don't start my mornings with them. Okay. Something about hey, hey, while I'm hey, working, I need, baby that, I need that like that that drive. And I don't get it from, and it may be just like an addiction, but I don't get it from anything other than Coke. Hmm. Where like I can, I can bury my head and just go, and all of a sudden it's five. Sounds like an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's getting well, the old school stuff that has cocaine in it. Um, <laughs> we, can, we can post... You know the, the stuff that you buy for the tea. We can just put a link for that yeah. in the description below. So just you know, click down there, read the description. You can find out what Tyler made. Uh, what what masala? Ch- masala chai. chai. Don't know. say chai tea because um, it doesn't taste like chai like what I've had no. traditionally. Chai tea. Yeah. Well, if if you want to be technical, chai means chai or <laughs> chai means tea. So if you say chai tea, you're literally saying tea tea. Tea tea. tea, tea. I mean tea tea. A little yeah. redundant, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So we say masala chai. Masala right? chai. That's, All right. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> At so least this is, like, this is masala like chai. This is bougie tea talk. Yeah. 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 I like it. I like it. Well, uh, welcome to Cock Talk. Uh, we are not going to talk about tea the whole time. No. Uh, we'll, we'll be drinking it the whole time. Feel free to make some for yourself as you watch along. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about uh, what's going on in the world, kind of a, a little bit of a newsy episode. And we want to really dive into first what's happening in the EU. Uh, lots of these farmers are protesting tons of regulations that are being passed down. Uh, these are kind of culminations of things that have been pushed for several years and they're starting to come to fruition that are really just killing farmers profits and uh, what they're trying to do which uh, we'll, we'll dive all into that and we're also going to hit on the seemingly I mean it just seems like an endless amount of fires of American farms yep. cows and chickens and all, all these farms that are just being unfortunately destroyed and we have no idea how it happened yeah. um, and it feels like there's a war on farmers in America yeah. uh, and, and we're just being told, Oh, well, their farm caught on fire, which not to say that farms couldn't catch on fire, but we're going to dive into uh, everything that's happening with that. And then we are going to close with the, I'd probably if you're like on social media somewhere, you saw this article, it says that homesteaders DIY of veggie, like plant growers and chicken havers like us homesteaders uh, that they produce five times more carbon and we're the assholes. Yeah. So we're going to dive into that. But let, let's let's first jump into the EU regulations. Um, yeah. Tyler, I'm just going to let you kind of run with it and then we'll yeah. just we'll just drop. I'll ask questions. And uh, Tyler's been been diving into this really deep. So uh, let's let's jump into just give an explanation of what's happening and maybe what the regular the, the main regulations are that yeah. are holding farmers back. So we have this all stem from some protests that that popped up in France about a month ago. And then those kind of um, 
led to other eruptions of protests in Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Poland, other areas where um, the farmers realize they can't survive unless they take action. So um, the big thing that seems to be uh, the the big deal in Europe is the European Green Deal that was um, brought about. Their goal in the EU is to be completely carbon neutral by 2040. Mm-hmm. And this may not impact the everyday homeowner as much as it does the farmer. Right. Somebody who is actually... I own a farm and they're under regulation from the EU in order to sell their products. Because if, if you don't know in the EU, in order to sell things, you have to meet their regulations or else you just can't, you can't sell anything. Correct. Whether if, if you're in England, you can't even selling from people across the street. You're not allowed to, unless you meet EU regulations for the entire European Union. Yeah. And it actually, Very even, it even goes, although didn't, Britain left the EU, so yeah. It, well, it even <laughs> it, it even goes deeper too, because uh, depending on the uh, city or county regulations, uh, you may not actually be able to sell uh, outside of your jurisdiction, essentially. Yeah. So, depending on your farm size and uh, depending on what you're selling and where you're selling, you can only sell locally grown things. You can't import things to help you know you know be able to have more things to sell to make you know your place more attractive at all. Or draw more attention. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Clarkson and Clarkson Farms is amazing. Just show. an amazing. It's such show. a fun show. <laughs> um, but he he actually goes through this quite a bit. Where he's got he wanted to build his own store on his own farm of two thousand plus acres, and they're like, no, can't do it. And he's like, well, I'm gonna do it anyway. Found a way to do it. Met the regulations, and then went through this whole process. And this may be TV magic, but did go through the whole process of like they started importing things, and they're like, "Well, wasn't it something to do with the town? Like, didn't want it was a lot of town regulations. Yeah, it was almost like like an HOA of the town was just like, no, we don't want you to have it. Bring too many people. We want to keep our town quiet. But that that stems more from there's there's a lot of statutes like that throughout the EU where you have more regulations like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and do you know? Do you know the Nether? I remember last year in the Netherlands, the government was paying farmers to just sell them their land. I don't know if that came up in any of your research, I but I didn't see anything. They were because I think they were the initial country to start protesting because the government was trying to go, "Hey, we'll just give you you know X amount of money for for your land per acre or whatever it was." They were trying to pay off farmers mm-hmm. to create conglomerates of uh, farming land, and the farmers actually protested last year with that but that had nothing to do with necessarily the eu regulations but they were kind of the tip of the spear in revolting against the bs that was happening in their country yeah so let's go into the eu green deal a little bit um what we're seeing is the farmers are getting restricted on their land use they're being told that they need to put 4% to the side to recover, which is honestly a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we look into more and more of the restrictions, we're going to see that it's overall not really the best thing for the farmer. So we've got 4% of land that needs to rest to recoup. We've got um, a higher gas tax on the people that are going to continue to use diesel. 
So farmland, farm equipment is like strictly diesel. It has to be because it it requires so much power. You can't use regular gasoline for it. So they're stuck. They cannot use electric. You know, you cannot convert a farm into electric farm equipment. Not not without a ton of money. They do have ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money. And the infrastructure you would need on the farm itself to be able to power and charge those electric. Ridiculous. Yeah. Warehouses. Yeah. Right. So we've got that. There's a reduction in pesticides and um, herbicides, um, anything that may kill uh, something that's attacking the crops. So they want them to essentially use less efficient equipment, protect their crops less, and have less land to farm on. So all these combined are giving the farmers way less income than they could survive on. And their, what their transportation costs are increasing too. Exactly, right? to, to get the stuff in and out. Yeah. So, so they literally will not be able to survive with these new restrictions. And there definitely needs to be something done to maybe make them more efficient, but forcing this on the farmers, um, making them have to pay fines for this type of thing, they're gonna just crumble. Well, that's what their point is. Yeah. I think that that's the whole reason. They, they want these farmers to crumble because then they can come in, a bigger company can scoop them up, and they can do what they want to do. Although, do we see it as a bad thing that they can't use certain pesticides and herbicides? That, no, like, not at all. There are things in the U. I mean, we use Roundup on frickin' everything, yeah. glyphosate, and it's horrible for you. Yeah. And most of that actually is already banned in Europe. Yeah. They're trying to ban even more stuff. Uh, I don't know that the problem is the regulation. The problem is going to somebody and saying, hey, here's how you've done it for the last however long. We need you to stop. Okay, what do I do? Yeah. We just need you to stop or we're going to find you. And you're like, what, the, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't have a solution. And in order to get to a place where you want to not use the same amount of pesticides on your crops, well, you got to change your whole infrastructure. Oh, who's going to pay me to do that? Like, yeah. it's not fair. I've been operating under these rules for so long. And yeah, I mean, they, maybe they, they've given these farmers, uh, let's say 10 years to, to switch over. That's not very long when you consider a business that is at such a huge scale to go, hey, in 10 years, you've got to basically switch your whole processes. Well, and not on, on not only that, but on top of the processes, the equipment itself, like we talked about, like you, obviously you can't just go pour gasoline in a diesel vehicle. That's not how that works. So even you if can. you- I mean, <laughs> you can once, um, you do anything one time, um, but to switch over all of that equipment, let's say you did have the infrastructure, let's say you did have the, the power on site on the farm to be able to switch over to electric vehicles, uh, electric uh, farm equipment. Electric farm equipment is going to cost way more than diesel because it's well, just better off paying for paying the taxes. <laughs> Probably. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to spend easy two to three million dollars on farm equipment that's needed in order, like brand new farm equipment. Sure. Oh, way more than that. Because yeah, tractor, depending on the size of the farm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a tractor itself will easily cost you three hundred thousand dollars for a diesel tractor at that scale. Let's say you right. have five hundred or a thousand acres that you're farming, you're going to need something that's big enough. That's easy. Two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's if it's diesel. If it's electric, we see electric prices are way higher than any diesel or gasoline vehicle. So you're probably going to spend another 10 to 20% on top of that. And if then not what more. happens when your battery dies? 
Yeah. Exactly. And then your battery you can't probably costs a hundred grand in those things. Oh my right? gosh. And then you can't you can't farm, then you can't harvest, then you can't cultivate, then you're losing out even more money and food production goes down. So then who is gonna who's gonna pay? It's gonna be people like us, the regular person who the prices are gonna have to go up because a farmer is gonna go, well, the only way for me to do this is for me to raise my prices. Exactly. And then we're sitting here going, well, um, but I just want my $15 an hour minimum wage. <laughs> and suddenly that's nothing because yeah, yeah. everything is blah, 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 going up all over the place. And then your $100,000 a year job is nothing because everything keeps on going up. Everything, and this is where it starts. Now I think that that's what, uh, our listeners need to remember is that almost all of inflation to me starts with food because as food as soon as food is more expensive then everything else is going to become more expensive because then your tra- your transportation costs invariably are going up that's making the food more expensive like everything is going to affect every aspect of your freaking life and nobody even knows about this thing nobody even knows that this is going on that's what blows my mind and, and you go, well, somebody needs to produce some carbon. <laughs> some things are going to just produce yeah. energy. We need to burn energy to make energy. We know yeah. that. So what do we want it to be? Do we want it to be this factory? Do we want it to be food production? I mean, I'll take food production all day. That yeah. should be the one that isn't limited. And then limit all the other things that are you know, creating a bunch, whole bunch of plastic bullshit that we don't need. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I, 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 I think something, too, that is often overlooked is humans are not the major contributor of carbon. Catastrophic events like volcanoes erupting puts way, 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 way more carbon. And I don't know the stats on it, but I know I've seen videos and yeah. um, maybe if Joel's feeling adventurous, he can find something on the carbon emissions of a volcano eruption. But they're insane. Um, well, it's almost like climate change has been occurring mm-hmm. for all of earth's existence yeah up and down up and, and down yeah temperature change we've seen temperature changes two three degrees throughout yeah i, I mean and in recorded history not just like oh we we guess that it changed this is like within the last thousand years where we can measure we have legitimate records of weather patterns and this has happened before i mean this is all it's this is, it's all about money when you look at it's all taxes mm-hmm. how do we get the government bigger all this is making the government bigger whether this is in the eu and similar things are happening here in the u.s where a carbon tax is consistently talked about uh, especially on the left that a carbon tax needs to happen it already happens with our gas because we get you get taxed to be on the road like you get you know hey the more gas you put in your car you are paying a carbon tax because you're using gas therefore you're paying more taxes to the roads and it's all just a way to get the government money. It's all just, oh, we're, we're going to... Well, it's, it's their job is to funnel as much as they can in order to fund... You is know. it, though? I, is that their I'm job? I'm not saying I agree with it, right? <laughs> okay, but okay. it's literally their job. That's, their, it's, that's their job they've given themselves. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have made it their mission. I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe in small government. but um, So an interesting thing about that is is government trying to... to tax and, and, and decide where to put all this money is the US and its its role in this European issue that we have. Uh, you look at a country like Poland, Poland's biggest issue, maybe not the uh, Green Deal, but cheap imports. 
Uh, we've got a Ukraine war going on, and the Ukraine agricultural sector has been devastated by the war uh, from Russia. And in order to help Ukraine, the U.S. has has given at this point what I've read is two hundred and fifty million dollars just to the agricultural sector, and what this is doing is they're they're giving money out to the different farms, um, and this is allowing the farmers to then sell their grain, whatever they're growing, much cheaper than they typically would. And uh, you look at a country like Poland, their domestic grain now costs more than if they brought it in from Poland. Um, from Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. From, from Ukraine. As an import, as opposed so to... So yeah. our actions here in the U.S. are affecting the world economy on the other side of the world, um, and contributing to these riots, these protests. But we have no money for the border. Yeah. Well, I think even, too, with the uh, bill that just passed yesterday, there's another $60 billion, $60 billion. that's going to Ukraine. Uh, and that's not including the... I think is going 15, to Israel. 15 billion. going to Israel, and then there's another, you know, whatever. But inside of that, I think there's another $100 million, from what if I read correctly, another $100 million that's going to the agricultural sector, like you just said. So a total of $350 million. But it's a border bill. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's madness. It's absolute madness that you can pass a bill and call it a border bill, and it not even be a large percentage of the bill. Right, it's yeah. like this tiny little. It's, little it's a keyword focus. On I mean, it's still billions, yeah. but it's yes, it's this tiny little portion, and it's just their way of getting money over to Ukraine. It, mm-hmm. it is a Ponzi scheme, or like you know, it's. Oh well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll help you with this. We just need a little money for this over here, uh-huh. and it's a ton of more money. It's it yeah. is absolutely insanity, and and people are just oh, it's fine. Oh, what do I what am, what do I do? I don't. They, I mean, yeah. They're what it's do hard, you do? It's hard, it's hard to know what you can what do, do you from do? your house. You know, like in reality, we don't have a lot of power alone. And that's in reality, you've got to be prepared. Yeah, that's like, what we're here for. Is we, you need to be organization, prepared. right? Yeah. I think this is a good stopping point. Yeah, let's take a quick break yeah, and then yeah, we'll uh, take a quick break we'll and back. then we'll just jump back into farms and Maybe, uh, let's burning down. The, let's touch then, on the U.S. Then the U.S. All right, yep. sounds good. Okay, welcome back, Cock Talk here, second half. Uh, we are going to dive into things happening in the U.S. right now in farms. Demit, Texas, huge fire, but there's also been what five hundred thousand livestock have. Uh, animals have died since 2020 in fires, which is crazy to think about. That was a year. Um, One year. Oh, in a year. In a year. In, in 2020. Year. Yeah. In 2020. In 2020. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. obviously there's been more since then and there's just been tons of farms that have lit on fire. And that, and that isn't necessarily, it doesn't mean that there's a, arson on every single one of them or uh, a conspiracy obviously farms light on fire there's a lot of old barns horrible wiring we've never seen horrible wiring before Uh, but there was a massive fire recently in Divot, texas and i want tyler to tell the story so it was a year ago last april was the big fire Um, there was actually a smaller fire in january at the small at the same farm so but let's go into the april one first the april one um, they have this. This is a massive cattle farm. Um, they have tens of thousands of cattle. They've grown enormous, and they are extremely efficient. They have the most expensive equipment. They literally have these giant um, platforms that rotate, and by the time the cow gets around the whole platform, it's done being milked, and and they just have these things stacked up. 
super, super efficient. Right? Sounds like a great life. And and because they have <laughs> so many cows, they have so much shit. Literally. And yeah. what are you going to do with this shit? So they they pump these out with these um, these special trucks. They, they suck okay. them up, these vacuum trucks, um, and they pour them in a lagoon that they create. And their goal is to eventually get these biogas digesters that will take this manure and turn it into natural energy so that the farmers have, you know, they're literally making money from shit. You know, it's it's or a little sure, bit or of sell your compost or whatever you have. Yeah. Exactly, but the the goal of it is to you know uh, supplement their income a little bit by making use of all this shit because there there is an, a massive amount of it um, on these farms. I so, know how much shit I get from forty ish chickens, so I can only imagine eighteen thousand cows. Yeah, they truck out all day with this stuff, um, and. What what the issue is? Cow is pooping every three point three seconds. Right? <laughs> they've they've got these trucks from Mensch. It's a company that makes these these vacuums, um, and there is surprisingly no regulation on them. So um, there's nothing in the U.S. There's nothing in the country where they're made. Um, nothing is regulating them. So they kind of have a pass through the market, and they're such they have such a small clientele that maybe the government didn't think it was going to be a big issue, but it definitely became a big issue on this farm. Um, so what we see how is... Many tru- do you know how many trucks they have on the I farm? I don't know. Okay. The, the research that I said didn't say. Okay. What I do know is that in January, they had one of these trucks light on fire at the lagoon. Okay? So, so while we it's have, dumping shit into and the and shit... So yeah. okay. here's the, here's the conspiracy here. Yeah. Here's the conspiracy here. We have a truck with no regulation... That's being used on a farm that has a lot of value to the country. Okay. And its first fire is at a lagoon of shit where there's nothing to lose. But we get a prime example of what could happen if maybe this were in a more important area. Okay, so this didn't really get a lot of coverage. They 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 parked the truck, they took the tires off and left it. If I'm owning a truck and my shit lights on fire both literally and figuratively here. Um, <laughs> I want to know what caused it, and I'm going to be really skeptical of that brand. Yeah. I'm going to want, you know, s- stuff looked at. It's like when an airplane crashes, all that model's airplanes, they, they take them right out. Exactly. they need to figure out what happened, make sure that it's not going to happen again, right? That, like, spoiler, that did not happen. They parked it. Shocked. They, they weren't worried about it at all. Yeah. And three months later, four months later, um, in April, they had... Uh, not the exact same truck but the same model in the house with the all of the cows ignite and burned I mean they had so much loss Um, they burned 18,000 cows yeah so it killed 18,000 cows and not even right away was that that isn't all their cows they're getting burned they're getting suffocated this is a massive multi-million dollar loss a lot of well done burgers (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Send the dogs in there. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there there was an investigation by the fire department. Nothing seems malicious, um, but it was the same truck driver that was in the the one that lit on fire in the lagoon. Mm, the same driver. The same driver mm. was in both fires, which is a little weird. Um, but also the fact that we have it in a safe zone and then maybe a practice run. Not saying that's what happened, but there's something weird there. And then we have the full-fledged accident that just 
Literally. At the very least, you have a a very, obviously a very flammable situation that isn't regulated. And because of that, you know, there's massive and, loss to tons of cows, which uh, directly affects you at home because the cost of meat is going to net, you know, that that's going to affect it. Not that there's, there's hundreds of thousands of livestock and oh yeah. Uh, yeah so it's it's not as if that individual event is going to make your meat go up double the price or anything or your steaks but when one thing happens you always want to keep your eye out because you never know it could happen again and there's other farms using right? the same things right i mean well, fortunately we're not using vacuum shit things on our homestead we don't really need, don't need that. that uh although now i have a i have a really good use for my old vacuum cleaner I think I might take that into, coop. The, into the coop. <laughs> Come from, like, on. from liquid bidding. <laughs> yes, liquid bidding. Perfect. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, liquid bidding is our sponsor. This you know? is this is uh, this is a kind of an insight into uh, an overall potential issue. Is uh, as farms get larger and larger, and we have you know a single source farm, right, for a single source product, and that is very large, and then we have a catastrophic event that affects. Mm. Like you were just saying, it affects the pricing of beef. It would be the same if it was vegetables, if it was fruits, and all these different things. So really, the what we can do as individuals is be able to produce, um, or as America, we should be producing on a lot more farms and smaller farms. So that way it's a lot more spread. It's not like a conglomerate. Not according to the University of Michigan. <laughs> Which may be transitioned. Exactly. We, yeah, we can keep on, keep on uh, coming back to, to it. But there was a, a study done by the University of Michigan uh, which the headline does say, you know, five times more carbon emissions from uh, smaller farms, from homesteaders, which is, you know, it, it's certainly everyone's making their headlines so you click on the article to actually read it yep. which most people don't actually do they just go ahead and skip ahead but uh this article this uh, this study does ultimately say that hey people that do this on their own that do it at small scale it's inefficient and the bigger guys do it more efficiently they produce less carbon um whether that means anything or you give a shit which i don't i'm happy to produce more carbon if it means that my family gets uh yeah. gets the food that we want and the the chickens and all that but regardless it's not necessarily saying don't do this but uh yeah ex explain how this all ties in together with uh you know what we're talking about how we want farms to be efficient but at the same time we've got these little guys like i don't have the money to be that efficient no, and I don't think you should. Um, no. I think I think um, the big takeaway that I learned after reading the article, I had some hasty conclusions after seeing the title, right? Sure. But when I actually clicked on it, it's really good data, um, and the the basis of the data is that you know, as, as Mark said, a large um, farm that produces you know hundreds thousands of acres of of corn is going to be much more efficient than 500 little tiny farms because each little tiny farm is going to have to build their own little small structure they're going to have to bring in their own fertilizer that is you know typically from the box store so it's going to cost more um, there's more plastic packaging that's involved with that, and and so and there's more people, more people probably to till that small area of land yep. because you've got let's say one person is tilling that, 
and there's 500 farms like that and that's 500 people whereas with a more efficient machine you could do all that acreage with just a few people oh yeah and, oh, and yeah. some big ass machines but so so their main point was and they're not demonizing the small farm in the article they're saying grow tomatoes at home because tomatoes have to be flown in and their carbon footprint for for tomatoes i mean we're talking not that much difference but the, if you grow them at home then they don't don't need to be flown in right same thing with asparagus they give those two examples is if you're growing those two then actually your farm is more efficient um if you're growing well and they're perennials so you can just keep on yeah. getting them over and over oh, too. and and everybody those that i know that grow, grows tomatoes gets Thousands. Oh of them. my gosh! I mean, they, it just goes crazy. And the asparagus—I'll tell you what: if you plant asparagus, if if you want to plant one thing this year, you're just like, I don't know what to, to plant. Um, go plant some asparagus somewhere. Doesn't even that stuff grows like a weed, uh, but it'll grow up, and you'll see the little asparagus, and then you just just don't touch it. It'll turn into this actually really pretty looking fern, and and then it'll just start popping up more and more. And in like three years, you're gonna have a ton of asparagus. And asparagus isn't always cheap. Right. Uh, you can get yeah. your own asparagus and you, yeah. you don't need to spray anything on it. Nothing will eat it. Nothing really touches it. It's super easy to grow and it just keeps coming back every year. I know most humans that won't eat it. More so. and more and more. It makes your pee smell funny. I actually, yeah. I, I, this is a, this is a, I guess my guilty confession is that when I eat asparagus and I, I go to the, I go pee afterwards, I actually am like, yeah, I eat asparagus. I, I like this. I, I, it's not like I, I'm getting off on the smell or anything, but I like the smell of it. I, I think it's interesting, you know, like, oh, cool, my pee smells like asparagus. You're going to be labeled it's as It's called a, asparagus, asparagic acid is what. It's uh, my little treat for eating healthy. Did you know yeah. that? Right. And, then, and then the next person that walks in there goes, whoa, somebody had asparagus. Right. Do you know that only uh, 75% of people can smell as, asparagic acid? So really? there are people that can't. P- One yes. out of four so people. Some people say smell. yes. So some people they they initially thought that not everybody's pee smells, mm. but it turns out that not everybody has the gene to smell it. Oh, that's so. There's some people that just don't smell the acid. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I can't no, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Unfortunately, I yeah. So yeah, we're so, the three so, of three. So the real article really pushes. You know, if you're going to do it at home, then you can do it better. You know, and um, I think and honestly to each their own in this matter. But if you're really concerned about the carbon footprint, which I don't think any of us really are, if you plant some trees, you're gonna offset that carbon dioxide that you're producing. But well, I, I think even taking a step farther is, my argument would be, regardless of what you're growing, whether or not that that produce or that fruit has uh, any sort of uh, large carbon footprint for that specific one that if you're doing it at home and a bunch of people decide hey we're all going to start growing like we had victory gardens back in world war one and world war two where everybody was growing their own stuff you do that specifically to offset transportation and logistics costs yep. which are inevitably going to be less co2 and emissions going well and, and that's just less money right like you don't have to spend money on transportation costs great you could charge less yeah you could you know if you're if you're just trading and maybe selling to your neighbors, you're not as worried about, well, I have to transport this to the farmer's market even, or like yeah. I have to buy a spot in the farmer's market to be able to do that. Like it's, it's a lot cheaper if you can do it yourself, which is hard to do. I mean, there's, there's more, there's time involved yeah. with that, but yeah, I mean, and I think taking this back to the fires and the potential for these huge farms for things to go wrong, because not everything's as regulated as maybe it needs to be. Um, sorry. I feel like, Joe Biden in the debate, there's a fly on my face. <laughs> uh, they, my, my 
garden is likely not going to just light on fire. Like I've got that up on a big ass farm. Like I don't have the infrastructure where I'm worried about my stuff. You're not using massive diesel no. engines, you know. Well, I, I mean, yes, I'm using a diesel engine, but it a, is a, a tractor. As like a small tractor, yeah, yeah like a little subcompact. We're not talking tractor. about an unregulated, right. you right. know, a vacuum shit sucker. Right. Uh, but like, I mean, what's the the most likely scenario for a fire is like, okay, you have a shed back here, and you have a little, you have a light in there. I suppose the light could catch on fire. So unlikely. Yeah. Very unlikely. Maybe a heat lamp. There's a heat lamp that falls into the hay, then yeah, the likelihood is a lot higher. But just don't do that. But I think think this is really about construction is what I want to get into is um, if you are taking the time to actually do your farm right, to to have good construction that's not going to fall apart in two years three years. Yeah, plan ahead. Run your wiring correctly. There's no real danger in that happening um, if you're doing it properly and you're planning to do it properly. Right. If you're going to just haphazardly throw your stuff together, maybe you're on a budget, you know, start maybe a little bit smaller, smaller scale. And then once you can save up and build something, a solid structure that you know is going to last, then those those uh, events are less likely to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that also goes into like knowing how to build things yourself makes it a lot cheaper. Like yeah. you can go and you can buy a five thousand dollar shed, but you could also build a shed yourself for Two or three. Like Are you, you building can, a bigger shed this year? I want to. Yeah, I, want I actually to make it. I actually want to build. I I want to build a shed for things to put in, but I yeah. also want to build like a a little auxiliary office mm. somewhere in the woods, like a little cabin office <laughs> thing. So that's uh, that's fun. that's on the yeah. That's that's probably work probably with the chickens. See, I it's coworkers, <laughs> right? Come on in, guys. Guys. I gotta collaborate in here. Come on in here, mother. That's a lot of that's a lot of female coworkers. You'd have great diversity Dude, numbers. It's like when I worked at IKEA in college. Oh my gosh, I I think it was me and this other guy, and uh, there were twenty eight of uh, twenty eight women in our department. So it was two men, twenty eight women. They'd be like, "All right, mandatory staff meeting." You go in, and you're like, "All right, I'm ready for the gossip." Here we go. Mandatory like, staff meeting or woman. Oh, oh. Um, I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, back back to your homestead. I, you do need to do things efficiently because it's going to cost you money. Like, like let's just take it back yeah. to who, carbon emissions aside, all that. You don't want to not plan ahead. Like if you're planning on doing something, at least map it out. You know, you don't have to do everything all in one year or even in like one decade. Maybe you plan it out for like, here's what I'd love to have in the next 20 years. Well, you're going to start with this little tiny spot. But if you don't plan it out, you might have to tear that building down in order to do something else. Mm -hmm. So be efficient with where you put it and how you're, you know, maybe in the future you're going to design some traveling roads around your, your spot. Granted, you're not doing that if you've got a little half acre or something, but. I've got five. I'm like, I'm thinking through, you know, what do I want to do long term? I don't want to knock down trees to then go, oh, shoot, I could have used those trees as a, as a little yep. barrier and mm-hmm. I could have done it over here. You know? well. I think it would be interesting to go into maybe in a different podcast, um, an expectation for what it would cost to start something. You know, like if you're if you're looking at this podcast thinking, I really want a homestead, but I don't know what even I should attempt you know where I should even start with yeah. this thing. I think uh, we should really go into at some point 
startup costs. You know, like I think my duck enclosure, I've got three ducks now, um, it costs maybe with the pen and the house like four or $500 total. Um, and I hope to get, you know, I hope to breed my ducks and get more egg layers and essentially be kind of self-sufficient, at least with eggs. And the girls love it. It's a great family tool, you know, to teach them responsibility. Tyler has daughters. He doesn't have a harem, just yeah. in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing, right? And I think everybody should be willing to put in a little and bit of And you effort. didn't have that before, and you got some ducks. You got them for a, par- a birthday party. Yeah. He says yeah. to me, hey, can, can I buy these ducks? And I'll just give them to you when our birthday party's over and you can have the ducks. I said, yeah, sure. And then it was like, I don't really want to give them away. I love, <laughs> I love them too them. much. Uh, and and now you have a bunch of ducks. I think I got like half of them, but you got, you got a bunch more of than ducks. half. Yeah, I bought 16 and it all started with my, my wife wanting, you know, my, my two-year-old loves ducks. Paper ducks, rubber ducks, cartoon ducks, you name it. She sees a duck, she was yelling at it and pointing. She was so excited. And my wife just kind of flippantly was like, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a duck party and we got little ducklings? And I was like, done. Done. <laughs> I And they're so cheap. I got 16 for like 95 bucks shipped to my house. Yeah, that's they what came, you don't know. You don't know they come in a little box. They do. They come alive one Holes day. in the top, of course. One day old, and they are the darn cutest things. Yep. You can do the same with chickens. Um, you can do so, the same with pretty much every fo- like yeah. fowl. You can get like little guineas in your in a little box, and they send them to you. So we had we had, we lost one. Just that happens, right? It's if you if you have livestock, you're going to have dead stock. So we lost one. It had it came actually with a broken leg, and we called several duck farms around in the area, and all of them were like, "Just put it down. It, it's not going to have a life. That duck is meant to be big and fat, and can't fly. And if it can't move its legs, it's going to sit there in the mud." Just put it out of its misery. So we lost one. We had, then we kept four. So you took 11. And I think maybe some raccoons or a fox got into some of them. Got a couple of them, yeah. Yeah. And then you took some back. Yeah. I I think now I have, I had, I have six that are still alive from that that batch. And I have one left over. I got Muscovies that are like these weird looking ducks and they have these nasty jowls. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I have one left. I think I got eight and not like, most of them got eaten by things. Mm-hmm. Ducks are hard because ducks want to be, they like a shelter, but they don't want to be confined. Mm-hmm. But now my ducks will go into the chicken coop. They all just like, they Hang walk on. in the door and the door closes, you know, this is like a little automatic door. So yeah, they're, they like it in there now. Well, they're good. Uh, but yes, I agree. Startup costs is important. Yeah. yeah uh, we'll go into going that. back to that, just that it's good to know what it costs, but also you can, I mean, you knew how to build it you did your thing and and you weren't really worried about you know if it costs a couple extra hundred bucks to get something nice and good you're good uh, you can definitely start cheaper if oh, you yeah. if you want to build yeah. something i mean i got two dog houses that i use for some chicken things i got two dog houses for 20 bucks each beautifully built by a high school wood shop class oh, and man. they were like hey we have some extras could you just give us like 20 bucks my friend worked at high school like you can scrounge for things that people just don't want right facebook marketplace you could you could do that if you don't want to do that or don't need to you know you can spend a little bit more but you definitely can be, go cheap i would even argue that you could probably contact a high school with a wood shop and say like hey i would like to buy one of these and i want yeah. to support your wood shop uh class i'll buy the materials if your class can put them together and you have the wood shop teacher 
sure that overseeing everything, making sure, making sure it's done right. And then just let them have a project, let them learn a trade while you get something of good quality out of it for super cheap. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually, honestly, my, the students would love to see it being used too. Like yeah. when you make something, you want to, you don't want to just be like, Oh, you I don't want to go in the trash, yeah. trash, like to, and honestly, it could be a fun field trip too. Like if we go and we deliver it to the house, we can see the animals like use it right then and there. And there's yeah. so much more pride, pride that goes into your work that you're teaching these kids to be, you know, uh, self-sufficient, learn how to build all on their yeah. own and they get to see the benefit of it. Well, they yeah. sold those dog houses for like three or 400 bucks, but I got the, I got the last few scraps. It was like, okay. oh, I'll take them. They're like roofed at like shingles and everything. They're That's nice. Amazing. Um, and apparently this year they're making chicken coops, so I'm going to find out about oh, those. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's let's wrap up. Uh, any final thoughts before we, we do that? Like homesteading, about the you know, what we've already talked about, what we've covered, anything else yeah, that I, you want to tell I, our listeners? I think the, f- the real point of this, this whole talk, is about the government versus the regular man. Um, all these topics that we talked about today are um, the government. It appears to to be either um, squeezing, you know, for more taxes. Um, you know, if they're if they're restricting farmers in the EU from using their regular equipment so that they can make more money, bring in more, um, or maybe they're trying to run them out of town. So they yeah, or or it. who's pushing the taxes? It's the people who have the money to lobby yep. them to push the taxes, well, which could be a bigger wants, farm who wants their land. And, exactly. Yeah, or, I mean, we, or we've got something like the homesteading article that um, maybe the government wants, and I definitely believe this is true. I shouldn't say maybe, but. The government wants us to rely on them for everything, um, and if we ha- if we're not reading the article and we see that title, we immediately jump to you know, this is this is the government trying to take away and fearmonger us, and I think that's the goal. Well, and as um, it, we we basically live in this society where the government is controlled by big business, mm. so the big business is just the ar- like government's the arm of big business, not the other way around. Correct. So big business goes. Well, we're losing money to these fuckers that are growing their own food in their backyard, damn it. And so then they start to figure out a way to tax you and to make it harder to do what you want to do and to buy feed. We didn't even get to like the you know potential of feed causing um, your your egg layers to stop yeah. laying and, yeah. and all that. We, we'll get to that uh, on another show. But yes, so many, so many little aspects of why bigger corporations may not want you to do this. But that's exactly why you should do this. Hundred percent, why you should do this? Because there absolutely could be a time that comes when uh, there is a huge food restriction um, or a shortage of certain things. We saw it in, uh, like again, with the Victory Garden stuff. We saw it in World War One and World War Two, where there was actually rations of amount of food that you could buy from a yeah, local like market. Great Depression, yeah, exactly. So if that ever happens, you have to supplement your own food. And guess what? If you haven't started something and you're not growing anything, and that happens, you're shit out of luck. Don't even think those about those seeds are going to be gone. Those those right. shelves are going to be out of stock. Everybody that could be, even if you do have access to it, yep. it's going to take weeks months to grow yeah you you don't just all of a sudden go grab a seed and then hey i've got asparagus in a week oh and you have to know how to do it exactly i think the hard part here is where we live we have um a climate that changes winter um and ultimately we can grow in the spring and summer and maybe a little bit of part of fall but in winter 
what do we do? You can basically grow lettuce under your little cover, yep, yeah. but that's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, you're right. What do so you do? At Is least it, we can be sufficient you for, meat. you know, three quarters of the year, but you know, we've got to have, but that's where you eat meat and yeah. you do, you and you eat. properly store yes. foods like, yeah. uh, Freezing. doing uh, lime pickling for eggs and being able to store mm-hmm. eggs like mm-hmm. for us i knew that this winter all of our chickens are going to stop laying so i've got nine dozen eggs downstairs in glass jars awesome. so if we ever run short which luckily we haven't yet i've got nine dozen eggs that will last me up to two years in that lime uh, pickling juice we'll have to do an episode where we pickle some mm-hmm. things yeah that'd yeah, be fun be I, I think another interesting thing that we can do <laughs> as you know a homesteading culture is finding people that have what you don't have um for example me and joel he he grows far more eggs gets more, i guess he doesn't grow them but he, his chickens lay far more eggs than my ducks lay right. um, and we go through eggs like nobody's business and but my wife makes sourdough bread and his wife doesn't make sourdough bread. So we have a little bit of a trade deal going on where I give him a loaf of bread, he gives me a dozen eggs, and we're supporting yeah, each other. Trade. And we don't need, he doesn't need to make the sourdough and keep right. the starter going and do the chickens, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, so finding people, a community that, that can all kind of assist and trade, essentially barter and trade, uh, the different crops. Yeah, there's no things. taxes on trading things either. No, that's, you know, no. That's a, there's no sale right. that's involved. Yeah. Um, and so there's no government, you know, trying to get their piece of the pie yep. and you know where it's coming from exactly. like if if mark if you're if you've got your fruit for us and i've got vegetables i'm growing and we trade i know you didn't spray a bunch of roundup right. and, and glyphosate right. all over your stuff and you know the same with mine Dude, so funny story my neighbor guy a couple a few doors down he sprays his grass with roundup and the neighbor next door to him is suing him he took him to court because they grow organic vegetables and they're suing them for getting roundup on their vegetables oh my god that's, that's amazing Yes, I love like, and they're they're bitching to the neighbor. These people are suing us, blah blah blah. They're assholes. I'm like, no, you're the asshole. I'm on their side. Yeah, I'm Sorry. on their side. I hope you. They're like, we're gonna move. I was like, good riddance. See ya. <laughs> when you put your house up for sale, let me know. Maybe I'll buy it. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's uh, that's all the time we have for today. Yeah. Uh, this has been Cock Talk. Uh, find us on, let's see, Instagram and TikTok. We're Cock Talk the podcast. Uh, you can find us on there. Uh, all the links, all the all the places to find us are below in the description. Uh, subscribe to the show. You know you don't want to miss anything. Officially on Spotify, yep. Yep. Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts all that stuff. So yep. wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you want to watch, you know, watch us on YouTube as well. Um, it's all there. Beautiful, love it, gentlemen. Good work, and to our listeners, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you for the next episode. Thank you.